photography needs its artisans as well as artists, its priests, its clowns, its snake oil salesmen, its idealists, its rebels and revolutionaries, its popes as well as its posturers. Yes, those were the words of Bill J. Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. What happens when you put your head up above the barricades? You are in danger of getting shot at. The knowledge of that allows you to accept an inevitable outcome. I have no issue with that. It does not prevent me from writing and saying stuff on this podcast that questions what we do and why. It is never done to be deliberately provocative, but it is meant to ignite some conversation. Sometimes it does, other times it doesn't. But what I do know is that I never know what will hit someone's sore spot. Most recently, it was an article on the bodies of work most often referred to as deconstructed photography. Now, in that, I don't mean to say photography that is deconstructed or deconstructing the image through academic or theoretical uh, discussion and debate. I'm talking about the actual deconstruction of the two-dimensional image, the addition of the three-dimensional, or trying to take that two-dimension into a third dimension. This is an area within contemporary art practice which is very common. What is interesting to me is how often people want me to write what they want to write, what they want to read in the way in which it agrees with them and say to be what they want to hear and not what I want to say. They're two different things. I write for me. I don't write or produce this podcast for anybody other than me. Now, I hope that that kind of what I say and what I think is perhaps relevant kind of works for you. If it doesn't, that's okay. We can move on. If it does, that's great. And the dialogue begins. Everyone is allowed to write and also to produce a podcast if they wish and and do what I do. I would love it if they did. However, most don't. They give feedback through criticism, not supportive feedback, but destructive observations, allegations, accusations and insults that often too, uh, often veer, I should say, into something that is personal. As I say, I can, I can take it. It's not a problem for me. But such comments can be very destructive to someone's mental well-being, particularly if they're fragile at the beginning especially when posted online about people the commentator has never met and does not know. My suggestion is to think more than twice before raising your rifle to shoot at someone, raising their head above those barricades to say something that they believe might be important to others. You may not agree, but that does not mean you can attempt to knock them down and out. This week, we welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to him in under five minutes, Roland Miller. Roland Miller is a Chicago native who studied photography at Utah State University, earning his BFA and MFA degrees. For 14 years, he taught photography at Brevard Community College, now Eastern Florida State College, in Cocoa, Florida, where he was first exposed to the nearby NASA launch sites. He then taught at the College of Lake County in Grays Lake, Illinois, for six years before becoming Dean of its Communication Arts, Humanities and Fine Arts Division in 2008. 
In 2016, his project, Abandoned in Place, Preserving America's Space History, documenting the deactivated and repurposed space launch and test facilities around the United States, was published by the University, I should say, of New Mexico Press. In 2017, Miller and Italian astronaut Paolo Nespoli completed a project collaboratively photographing the interior of the International Space Station. The project culminated in the publication of their book, Interior Space, a visual exploration of the International Space Station. Miller retired from higher education in 2018 to work full-time on his aerospace photography. Images from Miller's Space Shuttle documentary project, Orbital Planes, have been exhibited at the Southeast Museum of Photography, Florida, and at the National Museum of Naval Aviation, also in Florida. A book of these images, Orbital Planes, a personal vision of the Space Shuttle, was published in the spring of 2022. Images from Miller's space-related projects are included in the permanent collections of the Museum of Contemporary Photography, Chicago, Illinois, the NASA Art Collection, Washington, D.C., and numerous public and private collections. Miller's work has been featured in National Geographic, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, International Business Times, and numerous other national and international publications. Hi, Grant. This is Roland Miller, and I appreciate the chance to talk about what photography means to me. I think in general, photography is really about telling stories. And that might be through one image or a series of images or a whole project full of images. And in that storytelling, I think the goal of photography and the purpose of photography is to move people either emotionally or move them into action, change their perspective, or just show them something that they might not otherwise have seen. I remember when I first uh, studied photography in college, my very first basic photography class, I had a very limited concept of the range of photography. And we were shown a series of time-life slideshows about famous photographers that were narrated by the photographers. People like Eugene Smith, and they totally changed my perspective and my, my understanding of what photography was and what it could be. So to me, photography became about making images that matter. They matter historically, matter intellectually, matter artistically, but images that will somehow make a change and have an influence from their being created. What makes an image matter may be based on many things. It may be the content, it may be the concept, it may be the beauty, it may be the meaning. And if you can make more than one of those factors work at the same time, it raises that image to a new level. If you think about some of the most important images that have been made in the history of photography, many of the greatest photographs are very hard to look at. Images from wars, images from famines, images of political unrest, all these things are important to document, and the photographers really have the duty to show the world what is going on and what we can do to make changes. One of the things that drew me to photography in the first place was the beauty of the medium. And I've tried to maintain that idea. The photographic medium is a beautiful art form. To accomplish this, 
I approach many of my subjects in a combined documentary and abstract manner, which allows me to tell the story, document historical significant events and objects, and still keep the beauty of the medium in my work. This combined approach sometimes causes consternation where people want me to pick one or the other, you know, is, is it folk or rock or country? But for a medium that should be pushing boundaries in all directions, it's humorous to me also that we need to pigeonhole and label everything in very specific categories. There's no reason you can't combine these things, uh, call it a mashup if you want. And I found that it is very powerful and the Documentary images draw people into view the abstract images, and the abstract images allow viewers to appreciate the documentary images and the content of those images. And so photography to me means all those things, and my overall goal is to create beautiful images that move people, that record important things, that document history, that give some insight to social issues that document technology, that explore the area where technology and art, science and art meet, and really make images that matter. And if they matter, they will have an impact, and that impact will create change. Thank you very much, Roland, for your contribution this week. A few key things for me to pick up on. We haven't done that over the last few weeks. Everything else has been so busy. But anyway, we've got time this week. So great to hear mention of Eugene Smith there as changing everything by looking at another photographer's work. A new world has opened. And I have to say that kind of chimes with a conversation I've been having on Twitter over the last week. Uh, Somebody had written an article about the idea of getting inspiration from lots of different places, which any listener to this podcast or reader of my books will know, or any of my former students. That's something I talk about all of the time, the importance of music and art and popular culture in forming the photography photography that we make. But anyway, they were kind of putting forward this idea that it was dangerous or could be dangerous to look at other photographers' work with this kind of mindset, an Instagram mindset, I believe, um, that by looking at another photographer's work, you were looking at it to copy it, to imitate it, rather than to be informed by it, to learn from it. And so I kind of raised that point. I I find it completely ridiculous to put forward an idea that you can work within photography and not look at the work of other photographers. No one's suggesting you would do that exclusively. That would be ridiculous. But you have to do that. It would be crazy to suggest a musician didn't listen to other music or a writer didn't read other writing or an artist didn't look at other art. Of course they do. It isn't the only thing they do, but it's really important. So great there to hear uh, from Roland talking about that influence of Eugene Smith, one of my great heroes in photography. Also, I really like the fact he was talking about that idea. Again, a theme I talk about regularly and write about. Don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't try and put that label on yourself. Don't You don't need to wear the badge that says 
documentary or still life or portrait or landscape. You don't need to wear these badges. And there seems to be a need amongst some photographers to use that as some form of identification. There really is no need for that. So thank you very much, Roland, for your contribution this week. Really enjoyed it. And I've got to admit, I've got absolutely no interest in space. I've not seen Star Wars. I don't watch anything to do with sci-fi or anything like that. I'm much more a kitchen sink drama kind of a guy. I'm more about the real than the kind of the fantasy and the imaginary. But Roland's work is fantastic. And I really recommend you check out his books and his website. Talking of uh, contributions to the podcast, we've been uh, going for some time now. We have well over 200 individual photographers explaining to us what photography means to them. I know a number of listeners went back to the beginning of the podcast and have kind of diligently listened to every single episode and worked their way through there. I'm not sure that's good for the health or the mind. Maybe it is. Who knows? But what I have done is I've gone through all of those episodes and I've taken out the piece of audio, the isolated audio of those photographers answering that simple question, what does photography mean to you? And if you want to check those out, you can go on to the uh, unitednationsofphotography.com website. At the top, there is a tab that says archive, what does photography mean to you? And you can go through in chronological order the majority of the uh, photographer's audio without me either side of it. I say the majority, I'm still working my way through putting everything up, but the majority is there for you. Now, I think this is a really useful resource. I hope you agree with me. For anybody engaged with photography who wants to hear what photographers feel about the medium, somebody who's studying, maybe you're a lecturer and you want to share this with your students, uh, maybe you're somebody doing research into discussions and conversations around photography. There are a number of themes that have developed over the episodes which are very clearly identified in the contributions the photographers uh, send us. So that's the archive, isolated audio. Why not check it out? In the meantime, we've got lots more stuff coming for you over the coming months. So don't think that archive is a dead duck. It's constantly evolving. A few episodes ago, I spoke about an issue surrounding a uh, photographic competition where there seemed to be a conflict of interest between the judge and the work that was chosen as a winner. Well, it's happened again, but at the time when I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, I put forward the idea that what was being perceived as being a very difficult problem wasn't a very difficult problem at all. It just required the judge to recuse themselves. Well, reading a recent article at Petapixel by uh, Jaron Schneider, uh, he says this, um, a photographer named Clementine Schneiderman, who's based in the UK actually, was shortlisted by a panel of judges for the Taylor Wessing Photographic Portrait Prize. One of those judges, Sean Davey, has a personal relationship with Schneiderman through their collective The Emmas. In contrast to how lens culture reacted, which was the previous uh, problem, a representative of the competition quickly responded to Petapixel's request for comment on the situation. 
and explained that in this case, the judge recused herself from the selection process. In line with our guidelines for the judging panel, which state that any relationship is declared to the chair, we can confirm that Sean Davey recognised Clementine uh, Schneiderman's work, the prize is judged on an anonymous basis, and flagged that she knew her. A spokesman explains. Sean then stepped back from the discussion about the photographer's entry. The judging process is a collaborative decision by the panel of five judges who reached a majority decision on the shortlist. Recusing oneself from a judging process on the basis of a personal conflict was the right thing to do, says Petapixel, and I agree, and explaining that plainly and openly is also the right move. While the competition should have made this announcement plain and clear to all entrants during the announcement of the shortlist, in this case, the journalist says he's willing to say better late than never. Well, I would agree on all points there. Transparency is one of the biggest issues many competitions seem to have. And in fact, many photographic institutions seem to have an issue with transparency. I seem to have a bit of a fear of telling people how things work. Communication always present, uh, prevents, I should say, problems. So good communication being shown there by the Taylor Wessing and the National Portrait Gallery. But as I said previously, really, this isn't an issue. It should never be an issue. It should be very straightforward for any judge to recuse themselves if they find themselves recognising the work of a photographer or having a relationship with that photographer of any kind. Finally this week, just a little bit of housekeeping, really. I've been painting the shed and I've also built a new fence with my neighbour, to surround the shed, the back of our garden, the shed uh, faces uh, forward and the fence behind it had completely fallen down and it was starting to be overtaken by ivy. I know it's not very interesting stuff, but just to prove that this podcast is created, made, edited and presented from a shed. And when I mean a shed, it's a small shed. If I put out my arms, I can touch all four sides. So there's a new fence behind the shed. The shed is painted black. It looks to me as if I'm going to be spending the next couple of weeks painting a fence black. I know what you should be doing, and that's taking care. (laughs) 